Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I am Gina Caminetti, Pastor Joe's wife. I get to serve on the lead team here, and I would like to welcome all of our visitors who are visiting online, all of our attendees who are visiting online at Believers.cc and Facebook and YouTube. We want to welcome you. The gentlemen at TCI, we are so glad you're with us. And BC Boardman, our family, we thank you for being with us. Can we give it up for all of those who are joining us today? We are so glad you are with us. And we are talking about a subject that is uh, fun-ish. Um, and I am sort of a reluctant fan of fasting, as Pastor Joe said, because uh, anyone who knows me knows that I do not like to miss a meal. I am not that person who forgets to eat. I love my chocolate uh, in any form. And uh, so it, it didn't come easily to me to even want to fast. But because I have experienced fasting and I have experienced such amazing benefits from it, I am excited about it and I work it into my life uh, often. And today, I think you are going to warm up to it more than ever. Some of you are already very warm to it, but you'll more warm up to it more than ever because we're going to talk about some really doable, practical ways that most people, no matter where they're starting from, can latch on to a great fasting routine. We have a great panel with us. I want to introduce them to you. Uh, we have Tom Jockman, who is a fisher of men a fisher of fish, and he also, on the side, works here at BC as our CFO, but that is full-time, and he's a hard worker, so we're glad to have him with us. Terry Zupo is our B-Kids director, and she works tirelessly uh, to make great things happen for the kiddos, and she's been with us since she was a kid. So we love her, because she puts up with us decade after decade. Well, you're not that old, no, you know, but anyway. And then Ryan, who is our uh, next-gen pastor, and he's, you know, been with us since he was a kid in that, you know, I babysat for him as my nephew. But anyway, so there we go. We've got Ryan, and uh, he works tirelessly to make great things happen with the next-gen, and so we're glad they're here. They're all very much into fasting in different ways. So we're going to start it out by talking about the different kinds of fasts you've done and how that's gone. I'm going to start with my extrovert, Tom. How, you you of, started <laughs> the last panel with me. Because you're my extrovert, Tom. And so uh, you, what kind of fasting have you done? Has it been easy, hard, something in between? Well, when I was young, I mean, it, it was a common fast. You know, you would fast from food or sweets or candies, cookies, stuff like that. But as you get older, you mature more. Your fasting takes on a di different perspective, especially for me. I'm diabetic. So if I don't eat, I fall down on the floor and flop around like a fish. And you just don't want to see that. So for me, I have had to fast in different ways, whether it be electronic media, maybe fast away from the news, maybe fast away from certain situations that draw me away from God. And, and now the fast will draw me to God. 
Yep, and uh, for those of you who are also, you have a difficult time with food, some of you um, are in situations where you physically cannot do that. That's great to know. How about you, Terry? I've fasted in many different ways over the years. Um, I have done the whole maybe TV or media fast to where I've actually unplugged my TV or deleted the apps from my phone. Um, if you're anything like me, it's like almost a natural habit. You just sit down and boom, Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that you um, are on with social media. So um, that's one way. Another thing that I've done is um, where I'll just have raw food, so maybe just fruits and vegetables, and stay away from a lot of the processed foods and sugars and things like that. Probably one of the most challenging fasts that I ever did is when I fasted coffee. Is anybody out there like me with coffee? I could never do coffee. Oh, I only see one hand. How is this possible? Through the okay. neck, headache. Did you ever okay. get that? So, yeah, I totally did that. But after I got past the headaches and the feeling of it, I thought I was dying. Um, it actually was very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are those are all legit fasts. So lots of ideas. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean. Different seasons of life have brought on different types of fasting. You know, I remember when I was an athlete, I, I couldn't fast meals in the same way, um, but media has seemed to be kind of a common thread. And I actually love, one of the things I love about fasting is that you can jump in no matter your skill level, no matter how experienced you are. So you could be somebody who's fasted a lot and you can still feel the challenge of a fast or you could be somebody who is jumping in for the first time. And if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. I remember specifically uh, one student we had years and years ago who was so excited that they were gonna do this 21 day fast with the church. And, um, and they were like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna fast Skittles. And I was just like, that's awesome. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I eat at least two packs of Skittles a day. Like I'm all about Skittles. And they really were dreading it. Like the look of fear on their eyes was just so intense. But I just remember being so proud of them. And really I knew God was so proud of them because it was a big deal to them to give it up so that God could show up in a powerful way. And, and honestly, I, I think one of the things I love about fasting, whether it's been big or small is when I, especially with media, I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's been a little bit of a noisy time. There's a lot of noise out there on your feeds and a lot of noise uh, on the news and all of that. And there's something so powerful about just cutting out the noise and just cutting out the distraction so that you can hear from God in a more powerful way. And so regardless of whether you're fasting Skittles or media or coffee or whatever it is, I think it gives God more room to speak into your life. You know? Now you grew up um, as a pastor's kid and so you have, fasting has been a part of your vocabulary for a long time. Talk about how your motivation to fast and for fasting has evolved over the years. Yeah, I think, I mean, for a lot of people, we start to do things because other people are doing them. And so when I, I've been fasting now for maybe 15, 16 years since I was a teenager, and, uh, and you know, it started with corporate fast, just like we're about to do, um, you know, as a church, it's a church-wide thing. And so that's how I got started fasting. But what's funny is the more you fast, the more you realize how powerful fasting is. And so very quickly I realized like, oh, there are huge transformational changes that take place in my life when I fast. And so um, very quickly I realized, oh, this is something I actually want to do. And I say that with an asterisk because uh, truth is I am looking forward to this fast, but I am equally and uh, 
there's a part of me that is not looking forward to this fast. Like there's always that part of yourself that's like, I've got to die here a little bit. Like I've got to die to myself a little bit. And I think that's healthy. I think we need that in our life. Uh, but it, it doesn't always mean you're like absolutely looking forward to it. But I, I do look forward to it um, in just a very different way. Yeah. Now, uh, Tom, you started fasting when you were a little tyke also. Talk about how your motivation has evolved. You know, you could imagine little Tommy. I went to uh, Holy Name Catholic School, and every year the nun, Sister Mary Carmel, would have us come up in front of the class before Lent, and we'd have to declare what we were going to fast. And then at the end of Lent, she would bring the priest in, and she'd be standing there with the ruler, and you had to kind of talk about whether you made it or not. You know, fear was a good thing then, I guess. <laughs> But, you know, it, we've changed. I've changed over it. My, you know, my motivation is no longer that fear from Sister Mary Carmel. It, you know, it's my desire to become and draw closer to God. And that's what I'm really looking for, my motivation. It's not to, you know, lose weight. Uh, it's not to, to get healthier. My motivation in yours, too, should be to draw closer to him so that he can draw closer to you. Reminds me of that scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then a lot of these other things actually do follow. Uh, all these things are added to you. So that, that's pretty cool too. Terry, how about you? How have your motivations evolved? Um, there's been a lot of things that have motivated me over the years. Obviously, the first one is to draw closer to God. There's something so amazing when you fast because it's almost like a detox. Like if you're anything like me, my brain is constantly running and I'm getting all of these thoughts. And there's sometimes where those thoughts are this huge distraction of what God really wants to be showing me, what he really wants me to do. And so when I fast, it is like, okay, I am dying to myself. I'm looking to God, and I have that connection, that intimacy with my Heavenly Father that is so amazing and so beautiful. And the more that we seek Him, man, there is such a change that goes on on the inside of us. There's other times that I have fasted, maybe for my kids and some things that they've been going through. Maybe it's even how me as a parent needs to be a parent, right? I'm sure I have parents out there that can relate to that. It's like, ah, how do I handle this situation? And I've fasted. And it's amazing when you do that, how God has literally showed me, okay, go this way. Okay, say this. Okay, stop doing that. And when you do that, you're able to really be more sensitive to what God wants you to hear. Do you have, um, do you guys have some scripture that you, that inspire you in this way, Terry, since you've... Yeah, one of, one of my go-tos is James 4, 8, where it says, when we draw near to God, that he draws near to us. And it's, it's so true. It makes me think of, um, I can't remember what year it was. It was a few years back. And me and my husband, we had done the fast in January, how we always do here. And it was so amazing how we individually were, were growing spiritually, but also in our marriage, because we were both doing it together. And later on in that year, he had actually lost his job. And I wasn't working, so we had zero income. And 
if we had not fasted earlier in the year and developed some of those spiritual muscles that we actually did, I can't imagine how we would have gotten through that. But we knew how to seek him. We knew what the word of God said, that we knew God's promises. And because of that, he was able to strengthen us. He was able to lead us and guide us. And let me tell you, during those six months, we never went without. He supplied every single one of our needs. And we got through it, not in fear, but just trusting in God every single step of the way. That's an amazing testimony. I know a lot of people can relate to facing a situation like that. Tom, what scripture do you, uh, what's coming up to the top of your mind this year? You know, every year it's different. So the Lord put a different one on my, my heart this year. First uh, John 2, 2 talks about, and I, and I want to specifically uh, reference the New King James Bible, um, where it talks about how Jesus came as our propitiation uh, for sin. And, and the word propitiation talks about substitute. He came as a substitute. Well, fasting should be the same thing, because if all you're doing is abstaining from food, it's just a diet. But if you're substituting instead of eating, you've got to be able to take time and either read the Bible instead of eating. Uh, instead of watching the news, maybe you're praying. Instead of uh, doing the electronic, maybe you're reading a book that's related to Jesus or on faith or something like that. It's, to me, it's not about getting healthy or losing weight. It's about replacing that secular thing with a God thing. That's, that's so true. And I've, I've done it wrong different times, you know, just because I, I set the thing I was giving up as the big focus and forgot that the real focus needed to be on what I was going to, what I was going to add in, in my spiritual practices. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I think all throughout scripture, you see this habit of people where they were just fasting and praying, sometimes individually, sometimes like as a nation. Um, and it's just kind of this big thing. But I think for me, I see this one teaching of Jesus, it's in Matthew uh, chapter six. And, and Jesus is kind of teaching about, you know, not doing things in public so that everybody can praise you and that's the only reward you ever get. Um, but he, he has this part where he's teaching about fasting. And he says this phrase, he says, when you fast, and he goes on to do his teaching. But I always thought it was interesting that he says, when you fast instead of if you fast. Because there was this assumption that Jesus had, or maybe it was a value that Jesus had that everybody that would be a follower of him would be somebody that fasts and pray. And I think sometimes we want to get to a certain destination, but we don't understand that the disciplines are what get us to the destination and that the disciplines are what allow us to have what we desire most. And it's, you know, I, I think about like someone like a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James, these people that hit these incredible game winning shots, these people that perform at a high level. Um, we all know that the reason they do that is yes, there's genetics, but there's also this incredible discipline that they put in time after time after time. And I think for most of us, we all wanna to get to the end of our life and maybe at our funeral, have someone say that we succeeded at what mattered most, but we don't always know how to get there. And I think that fasting is a discipline that helps you to get connect to, connected to God's heart in a way that will help you succeed in the things that matter most in life. And so, you know, disciplines are not always easy, but they are necessity if we wanna be able to grow into the, the people that God's created us to be. 
That is so true. Anything uh, that you've, you can look at in your life and say, I, I use some effort, some discipline, some self-discipline, you could see there was a reward there. And God is looking out for us all the time, trying to help us navigate and, and find those rewards that do come through some disciplines. In my own life, there is a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 that says, Have faith, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, I can't think of a, a better way to diligently seek him than to fast. I mean, that's definitely one way to do that. But that he rewards that. And so I love that. And in, uh, in my case, um, there have been so many times where he has just prompted me to fast, and I wasn't even really sure what it was that I was seeking. But later in, throughout the year, um, then I kind of found out. So I remember a few years back, I was really prompted to do some fasting and praying in, through the holidays, like October, November, December, which is kind of a weird time. Uh, to do that. And because we, we all know that in our church, we, we fast in January. But that particular year, I did not know um, that my mother would pass away on December 27th. And so during this time when I needed to pray some things through, God had prompted me to do that. And then during the time everybody else was kind of fasting and praying, I was attending to everything that was going on in my family. But some of the things that my mother had prayed for all her life and never saw till the day she died, I saw happen immediately after her death. And I feel that that time of fasting that I did before her death helped me be prepared to walk out some of the things that God was doing to answer her prayers. And so that was a really, really unique situation. Last year, um, during the, the early part of the new year, I felt not to just fast during January, but also through February and really made some routines around it. And I had certain scripture that were prompted to me to spend some time in and memorize. And then I had different praying, you know, kinds of praying. I would be connected to people to pray. And then COVID hit. And I didn't realize that all of this stuff that had been building in my heart would help me to be very, very strong to lead during a time of crisis. And so uh, there was this, this discipline happening. I didn't even know why, but God was rewarding it. And I can tell some of the biggest financial breakthroughs that Pastor Joe and I ever had personally or in this church uh, were preceded by those promptings that I didn't even know we would need. And uh, much like Terry, you didn't know you would need a financial miracle, but you had them. And so uh, that's why I'm a big fan. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits. How about you, Ryan? What kind of benefits do you see? Yeah, well, I think there's something about fasting that it has a twofold benefit. So uh, a lot of us spend our life thinking about what we're gonna do. And I think God is oftentimes more concerned with who we're gonna be because he knows if he can change who we're gonna be, he knows we can, he can help us do what we're called to do. And I think times of fasting and prayer because uh, what separates Christian fasting and prayer from every other type of religion or you know, even just health type of fasting is we're not just trying to empty ourselves of everything and just become uh, emptied. 
we are actually emptying ourselves so that we can be filled more with the Spirit of God. And the more that the Spirit of God is alive and active in our world, the more we're gonna start to look like Jesus. And the more that we start to look like Jesus, the more we're gonna start to change the world the way Jesus did. And so I think there's this intimacy with God that you gain through fasting and prayer that is so transformational to your character and to who you are. But then there's also this side to where you can contend for things in prayer and watch God create breakthroughs in your life that sometimes you might've even given up on in any other ways. And I think there might be even some of you who have been struggling with something for maybe decades, but there's something in a fasting and prayer that God can either plant the seeds of breakthrough or change uh, that you need, or he can actually just do it in the fast. And, and I look back on my life and I, I look back and literally seven or eight of the most pivotal moments of my entire life, I'm talking life direction, purpose, um, you know, open doors, closed doors, they were all as a result of, or took place in a fast. And, um, and so I look back to when I was a senior in high school, I was really trying to pursue something that God had put on my heart. And, and so, uh, you know, I was playing sports at the next level. And, and, and I remember I was going to February of my senior year, we had just come out of a fast and not one offer, not anything, but it was right after that time of fasting and prayer that God opened a door because my dad ran into somebody at a supermarket. And it was just these moments of favor where God opened a door. I remember a time where um, I had given up on something, something I had been praying for for a long time, I'd given up. And sometimes we have shelf lives on our prayer, but I don't think God does. You know, we, we give up on our prayers, but God, he, he keeps them in his mind. And so something I had given up on during a time of fasting and prayer, God did something so powerful in my heart that it actually changed me so dramatically that it caused me to approach the situation differently. And therefore the, the circumstances started to change and they actually totally changed. And that was because of a time of fasting and prayer. I can think of a time where I was struggling with depression. I, I felt purposelessness. Uh, many college graduates, you know, it's like sometimes you don't know where to go. You spent all your life being told where to go and what to do. And then you leave and you, you, you don't know what's next. And so I, I remember feeling that purposelessness and it was during a time of fasting and prayer where God actually helped to reveal the next step that kind of led me toward a calling. I remember, I'm gonna keep going because I literally can think of all these powerful moments, but I, I remember a time where I had just felt like, I don't know if you ever feel insufficient. Uh, maybe God's called you to something in your life and you just feel like you're not the right person for the job. And uh, literally as a youth pastor, I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I, I had felt like so insufficient, so um, you know, unqualified. I felt like, God, there's so many other people that could do what I do better. You know, I'm holding us back and all this stuff. And I started looking for other professions. I started thinking, man, what could I be? I, I started dreaming. I'm like, man, I, I just, I wanna get rid of this pressure. I wanna get rid of all of this. And, and it was during a time of fasting and prayer that God actually helped me to see this is why you're alive. And so it's just, powerful, powerful moments that have shaped the course of my destiny that have come through fasting and prayer. And so I just, I just am such a believer in, yes, we do it because there's a connection and an intimacy to God, but that intimacy with God, it transforms the world around you. It can't help it. Like God, wherever he goes, he can't help but win. That's just what he does. He can't help but be good and create good things. That's just what he does. It's who he is. It's who he is. So like, if you have more of God in your life, you can't help but have more good in your life. And I'm not saying that life gets easier. I'm just saying that you can thrive no matter where you're planted. This is so good. It almost makes me want to skip lunch today, but I think I'll skip tomorrow. <laughs> but that was really good. How about, <laughs> Terry, how about you? You know, I think of um, such a huge benefit for me with fasting is it's a time where God just kind of breaks down some of those things 
that are getting in the way. And I've had a lot of those things that get in the way, but it's so beautiful how God just goes and he can take all those areas that maybe you're broken in, areas that maybe are blinders to you, and he just makes it beautiful. And um, it's just, it, it, you draw closer to God and you truly become like that, that whole discipline thing and you truly become more of who he's called you to be. Yeah, amen. How about you, Tom? What are some of the benefits? Well, you know, I, instead of the benefits, I, I want to talk about the thank yous. So traditionally, we think of fasting as what you're seeking. You're trying to gain that. But I always also like to think of it as a thank you. If you've been delivered from an illness, maybe it's COVID, if you've gotten the job that you've been waiting or seeking, if you've been delivered from a financial situation, maybe you have a fast to say thank you. That's a great motivator. I know that in my life, I've had those situations. And, and you know, it's great to constantly seek things from God, but boy, doesn't God appreciate it when you say, thank you, God, for delivering me. Thank you, God, for taking me out of that evil situation. Thank you, God, for putting me here in this situation right here. And I think that's another reason or a motivation of why you should fast. I love that. And I think that's profound. I, I just think, and, and you know what? There's even a benefit when we just show up to thank God because he inhabits uh, the praises of his people. So he just, he'll always outdo you. And, and even when you're just showing up to thank him, that's amazing. All right, let's wrap this thing up by talking about landmines and pitfalls. And how about you, Ryan? What are some landmines and pitfalls? I'm so thankful that you think of me when you think of landmines and pitfalls, but uh, <laughs> it's because I've spent my share of time in those things. So, uh, no, I mean, honestly, I think one of the, the biggest things I've noticed is that sometimes when it comes to fasting and prayer, if you're anything like me, you can be an intense, ambitious, driven uh, person where you bite off more than you know how to chew. And um, I've had fasts before where I'll do something that's pretty uh, intense, but because it was so intense, all of my time and effort and energy was spent thinking about how intense it was. And I never actually replaced any of what I was doing. I never substituted any of what I was doing with prayer. And so um, my thought is now, a, a few more years into it, my thought is I would rather do something maybe less extreme, but do more of what matters most, which is the prayer side. So instead of doing a 10-day water-only fast, I might decide that once a day for 10 days, I'm gonna give up a meal so I can pray. And instead of feeling like, you know, on a 10-day water fast, you might be in your bed the whole time, you know, just like completely miserable, not pray at all. Like I would rather, instead of, legalism is bad, bad, bad stuff, because like legalism is the thing that gets you to focus on all the rules and the perfection without actually thinking of the heart. Uh, in my mind, legalism is like wanting to paint a building and all you do is paint the scaffolding instead. Like that's all that legalism does. It, it just focuses on the things that are not really the main things. And so um, I would say, hey, do something that you know you can do, but just have the heart that says, God, I'm gonna choose to, to seek you in this time because I think that's gonna set you up for success more than I'm gonna go so extreme that they're gonna write another chapter of the Bible to talk about this, but you don't actually like, you know, finish it. I really appreciate that you're being honest about that because I, 
of that personality also where I set the bar way too high on everything to where I cannot live up to the standard that I have set and the, or the goal I've set. And I'm so grateful that I have a husband who is like, hey, let's bring that down a little bit, shall we, to where human beings can actually do it? And he's such an encouragement to me in that way. And I'm so grateful. And I think it is great to have people around you uh, or that you connect with people that can help you kind of rework things. So I love that you're saying that. You might have to pivot a little bit even if you've started a fast and, you know, you can't measure up you li or you're, you know, passing out or something. You might have to pivot a little bit. How about you, Tom? What uh, landmines and pitfalls? You know, growing up, uh, if you goofed up, if you ate the cookie or whatever, you know, you're, you were done. Your fast is over. But one of the things I want to point out is that if you goof up or if you fail, just tomorrow, pick it up again. And, and uh, you know, that's going to happen to each one of us. I can guarantee you that if Charles Kendall texts me and says, I've got a picture of a fish, I'm going on Facebook and looking at it. Okay? If, if I show up somewhere and they got cookie tray, I'm going to eat the cookie. Yeah, I'm going to fail. I'm going to goof up. But does that mean my fast is over? Absolutely not. You know, I'm, I'm going to pick it up the next day. I may fail. I may go on for today because there's this big news story and look at the, the news media. But tomorrow, I'm going to start again. I'm going to pick it up. Because face it, every one of us fails. Every one of us is not going to be perfect. And so does that mean that your fast is over? No. That means that the next day, starting in the morning or that evening, you're done. You you're continue with your fast yeah, you ate the cookie, but yet you're going to continue on. You know, uh, it's reminding me that those fasts that I was telling you about where I had all these breakthroughs and, you know, financial miracles and prayers answered, now that I look back, I think I did not execute any one of those perfectly. Not one of them went perfectly. But I, I did. I got back up and just kind of went right back at it. How about you, Terry? You know, I like to think of some practical things, too. Um, for me, I have to prepare. Um, I will make sure, like say if I'm only going to do like a raw diet, so, so, so forth, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make sure that, you know what, I get rid of those cookies <laughs> and I don't have them still lying around the house because it's a temptation, right? So I'll make sure that I'll go through the house. Now, I have kids and a husband, so I can't get rid of everything, right? But I'm going to try to get rid of some of those things, like my dark chocolate and sea salt, that I'm not going to have in the house. But I will make sure, too, that I go to the grocery store, that I stock up on all of those things, that I'll spend a little time preparing for it, too, so they're washed up and cut up. So you want to set yourself up for success and not failure. So I've done it both ways. I have gotten all prepared, been all organized, and it's been a great fast. I have gone into it where I did not prepare, and I started the fast, and after I ate the one apple that I had on hand, guess what? Everything else was processed and things like that, and I failed miserably at my fast. And I did what he did, and I kind of like, oh, oh well, I guess I'm not doing this one, <laughs> you know? So I just encourage you, just take time, obviously pray about what is good for you. I remember too when 
I was that young mom with babies and I was nursing. Man, I could not do a fast like that. That just wasn't practical. But I found something that was practical for me in the season that I was in. So you want to do something that is challenging for you, but at the same time that still fits where you're at in your life. I love that. Um, yes, it's a very, very individual thing between you and God. And, you know, some of you may even have read the scripture that's, you know, where Jesus said, when you fast, you know, wash your face and put on your lotions because you don't want to be making everybody else know that you're fasting. In other words, you're not going around saying, oh, I'm so spiritual, you know, I'm fasting right now. So there are those fasts that are very intense and sacred and private, and that's something wonderful that you can do. Also, though, there are corporate times of fasting recorded over and over again in the Bible. Uh, Esther's, in the account of Esther, uh, that she called for a fast. Nehemiah, there was fasting. There are many times in the Bible you'll see corporate fasting. And so here at Believers, we do, uh, in January, do a time of corporate fasting so that uh, we're, we're all fasting at the same time. So you're going to see that January 4th through the 18th, we're going to take two weeks and we're going to make that our time as a church body to be focused on whatever fast you choose. And then on Wednesday nights, we're going to go virtual with this. We've never done that before, but we've, we're going to, on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., just the way you tune in to services on YouTube or Facebook or Believers.cc, you can tune in and we'll be having a time of fasting and prayer together. This coming Wednesday, Pastor Joe and I will be leading that together. And then next Wednesday, we have a surprise guest who is an expert in this area, but we'll keep that a surprise. But I promise you, it is going to be every bit as powerful as any time of prayer that you've ever had and fasting and prayer. And so join us for that. Uh, and there are some cards uh, that are in the lobby, or you can go online at believers.cc, and you can see, they'll remind you of some different basic kinds of ways that you can choose to fast if you need some ideas, and also the details about our, our corporate fast. One final thing, I want to speak to those of you who serve here at Believers Church in any way. I don't know that if you know it, but we call you our dream team. So if you serve here, you lead a group, you volunteer in some way here at Believers Church, you are our dream team. And you have given out and given out and given out for years, but this last year has required extraordinary measures of you. And we appreciate you so much. We're going to do something very unique. We haven't done this in a, in a while. But on January 22nd and 23rd, we're going to have a Dream Team retreat. And we would love for you to join us with that if you serve here in any capacity. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to come into the Warren campus. So BC Boardman family, you are welcome as well. We can just spread out more here at the Warren campus. And instead of staying overnight, we're going to come on the Friday night. We're going to have a time of... Um, worship. Pastor Joe is going to do some speaking. We're going to have some celebration. We're going to have food and fun. And then we are also bringing in on uh, one of the days somebody named Alan Hickman, who 
he operates in the office of a prophet. And we, some of you may be familiar with what that is, some of you may not be, but I promise you that you are going to love sitting under the ministry of a prophet, and so he'll be with us ministering to you. We just want to pour back into you because you have given out to others so much. Now, you can register for that Dream Team retreat in a lot of ways, but you can get on to the Believers.cc website, go over to the events area where it says Dream Team, and you can go there there'll be more detail there about it. Now we have removed every obstacle possible. We have made it cost only $20 that covers food and it also covers childcare. But even if that is an obstacle to you, we don't want it to be. So if you cannot um, afford the $20, please just go register and let us know that. You'll have an opportunity to do that. If you will be bringing children, that's wonderful. Just let us know that so that we could prepare adequately. And so we would love to have you um, be a part of that dream team. Also, you can go to the Church Center app that many of you already use, and you can sign up and register there. Hey, guys, this has been wonderful. Can we give it up to our panel, for our panel, I mean, uh, for the great job they did. Thank you very much. Pastor Joe's going to come and close us out. Amen. It was incredible, 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 and life-changing. You know what we need to do right now, Boardman, TCI Warren, online? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, as always, I know you spoke to hearts, and you're speaking to some to take it to the next level, others to keep doing what they've been doing, and we just take this moment in time, and we say, Lord, thank you for the grace to take the steps you're dealing with us to take, and we thank you for this opportunity to draw closer to you and fill some parts of our life that maybe aren't even filled at this time. Lord, we want a new devotion. We thank you for this opportunity at the first part of 2021 for that to happen. Thank you, Lord. Can we stay in an attitude of prayer, heads bowed, eyes closed, online, stick with me? Maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever, your eternity. And I realize every weekend, People are here at different places. There's some people that they're not sure if God exists. Others, you believe in God. You've known about Jesus your whole life, but you haven't met him personally yet. I just want to speak to everyone because only God can open our hearts up to Jesus. I can't do that. But I know in every service he's doing that. We pray because Jesus said, I'm the one that will draw you to the Father. And if you're listening, you say, you know what? This is my weekend. I know it. I'm ready to pray. I'd like to pray with you. And right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I accept you. I believe you're the only way to heaven. If not, why not make it this weekend? And it was so cool. Last night, uh, this morning, just seeing people that accepted Christ. It's one of the most amazing things. So if you're listening and you say, that's me, I'd like you to pray with me. Just mean it from your heart. In Borman, TCI Warren, can we just help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. This day, I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God that created all things. You came and lived in a body. 
And then you died for my sins and the entire world. I believe God raised you from the dead. And this day, I accept you as my savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.